listening to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. I'm Nathan, and joining me today is Craig. Good morning. And Susie. Hello. Um, first segment is email and feedback. We haven't had any email or feedback at all this week that I know of, unless anyone else has noticed anything. I haven't checked the Facebook page recently, but... Well, we did get some feedback. No, we some did, Some people didn't we? liked the um, post you put on Facebook. What, the... Um, about the podcast yeah oh okay that's not feedback that's feedback isn't it I suppose I can't even find Facebook now mm. yeah, second, I just want to double check because yeah. someone might have commented I might have just missed it comments no comments right okay we'll carry on then. well I'm very disappointed everyone was doing so well lots of feedback and then suddenly no next thing is notice board hi guys hey leaving <laughs> okay bye have fun uh, notice board, uh, the Great Barrier Exploring Pandemic. You're going to play play board games <laughs> on um, the 12th of September. I assume that's Susie because pandemics. Yeah, so on the 12th of September on Great Barrier Island, there's going to be a uh, kind of panel discussion um, about pandemics. Um, and the so the idea is that uh, to, to discuss the scenario that what if a huge pandemic kind of arrived in New Zealand and Great Barrier was the only place that was free of disease. This is and why so how right. yeah, so how okay. would um how would yeah how would Great Barrier kind of cope? So the, it sounds really, really cool. There's a um, stop anybody from arriving on the <laughs> island. Yeah. Right, but there's all sorts of things to consider. So um so basically, they're bringing together to four. Yeah, they're, they're going to bring four people together. So a virologist, somebody who's involved in civil defence, um, a, a sociologist, and also a science fiction writer. And then no. they're basically going to discuss all the different scenarios, like okay. what do you do with the bodies? What do you do about keeping civil order? All of what these if kinds the zombies of can swim? Yeah, all of those kinds well, of hang things. Hang on, this is a pandemic, not a zombie. <laughs> pandemic zombie Um, yeah so there's there's only uh, 900 people live on Great Barrier and so but they're self-sufficient in terms of well they don't have any mains you know electricity or anything like that they do rely rather heavily on diesel I believe so So the most important question what about the internet (laughs) 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 they do have internet right right Anyway, so it should be really fun. I believe it's um, free, except you have to get you have to, get to there. Um, right. Great Barrier. Uh, which How much does that cost? Uh, quite a bit. Quite a long but way it's out, a, isn't it's it? a place to go for a, right. uh, a weekend. Um, so it's the 12th of September. Um, I am going to be moderating the event. Uh, it should be quite good fun. We're cool. trying to convince Radio New Zealand to record it at the moment. Oh, right. Um, so we don't have to go then. Maybe. maybe but well, it should be, be better yeah. in person i suppose yeah um right. I, I was called by the organizer during the week just to, to let me know that the people of the barrier um can get quite feisty and so as moderator i should be prepared to uh you know have a strategy for how i'm going to cut down people who want to wax lyrical about Confect that them. particular thing you should um get rebecca to write you a reference letter <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun if anybody fancies joining us. Apparently there are people coming from as far away as Wellington for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Car and two adults, $325 return on special. <coughs> okay, maybe I'll skip this one. <laughs> but well, that's not that's not so bad. Well, that's uh, taking a car and two yeah. adults. Yeah, I yeah, guess. So, 
yeah. cheaper. Yeah, it's I'll not, tell you what, it, it does actually cost like 120 or something to take a car yeah. to Waiheke. So, well, if yeah. you if you live there, it costs you ninety five dollars return. Right. Hmm. Nuts. Anyway, there you go. Yeah, it's so quite a long way out. If any yeah. of our listeners have any money it. and fancy coming to Great Barrier for a weekend and mm-hmm. listening to discussion and asking questions about, yes, what would you do with all the bodies? So, so what do people do there? Uh, why do people live there? I don't. I don't know. Um, because it's a nice place to live. I'm not sure. Yeah, I suppose. Apparently, no, it's got quite an eclectic retired. mix of people. Right. Okay. Hmm. Uh, okay. So, moving into news, celebrity sunscreen fail. Susie, <laughs> is this that thing where they they go all orange? No. This <gasps> is um, not Jessica Alba. Jessica, like Jessica Alba. Alba. Um, who Who's she? apparently um, she was was she in the um, thingy four the what's what's her what are those yes she was she was in the fa- uh, fa- yeah, Fantastic, Fantastic Four Fantastic Four um, oh, okay. but before that she was in um, that comic book movie really dark one what was it called Sin City ah, yes. and she was originally on a TV show where she was a genetically altered super being of some sort <coughs> Um, which escapes anyway, me for the moment. Actress, but anyway, she's a famous actress. Actress, for some reason, thinks that she can mm. uh, sell sunscreen. And people buy sunscreen because would you? why would you buy a sunscreen made from a cancer society or endorsed by a cancer society when you could have one endorsed by a celebrity? Yes. So people have been posting pictures of their sunburnt bodies Ouch. or children's children, bodies by the looks of it. To, um, to the website kind of giving... Uh, you know, um, giving it one star reviews and saying it doesn't work. It's supposed to be in. Oh, it's marketed as all natural um, SPF thirty. <clears throat> uh, apparently, it's got half of the amount of zinc oxide in it that normal sunscreens Isn't have. Zinc. <clears throat> that's the, the thing sun- that actually yeah. does the thing. That's the actual okay. thing. Yeah. This is great. You seen this quote? I was drawn by the fact that it was a zinc-based sunscreen. Person told news item news agency it's a natural product not full of chemicals, chemicals. yes <laughs> yes i know i like that uh, anyway yeah so there you go and the well, pictures are just very it's good to see that people are posting evidence that it actually doesn't work mm. yeah yeah for and sure that other people might be swayed by the evidence that it doesn't work to not purchase this product yeah, yeah. and company... something like sunscreen it's very evident when something is quackery mm. um, so it's very easy for people to make up their minds mm. yeah but it probably doesn't give you cancer <clears throat> anyway the company is saying she doesn't oh, sell something that product. cures cancer does she <laughs> oh I see where oh. you're going with that mm. <laughs> anyway there you go Please don't so buy celebrity. Is this something she was recommending or something she's actually <clears throat> producing and marketing? I think she seems to be involved in, it's like her company or something. Ouch, look at those. Mm. Uh, but norm- <laughs> normally oh, wow. celebrity endorsements company. are for products that actually generally are fairly legit and then they just stick the celebrity's name on them in order to yeah. make sell them sell it. better. Mm. But this is obviously the one of the... Oh, products wow, that I'm actually not any more of those is crap and um ouch yeah yep yeah she's wow. used to so it's basically got her her on the front page and it's uh has she responded um, to oh just saying that they tested it and it was fine oh. tested it how oh independently apparently oh, okay 
Um, see, it's got an about us, but. So, just to be honest and skeptical here, it is entirely possible that these people failed to read the instructions or something like that. And this is just a big, huge. No, well, it's this pretty is hard to get sunscreen wrong. This is a sunscreen. You say that, that but do you reapply when you come out of? No, but they've reformulated it, and it has half yeah. of the right, zinc okay. oxide yeah, yeah, yeah. that an SPF thirty. You said that earlier. Should yeah. have. Yep. So. Okay. It's almost homeopathic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it should be giving it. Well, it is because it gives them sunburn. So it does the opposite. All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, where does it say here? Golden Globe nominated actress um, who duh, duh, duh. oh yeah she just says important to give our children the best start in life and that's why she has this company I presume that does mm. personal care products feeding diapering um, fantastic anyway. okay yes. so the next thing is a a seven-year-old ordered to sit alone at lunch for being an atheist. Craig, this is America, obviously. Well, yes, this I is, have actually seen this one. Spoilers. This is down in um, down in Texas, yes. and uh, so there was a seven-year-old boy in the playground at lunchtime talking to his classmates and got asked a question about when he where he went to church and so on and. Um, apparently answered saying he didn't go to church and didn't believe in God and this was upsetting to the child who asked the question probably another seven-year-old um, and so uh, then the teachers got involved and I guess it's quite reasonable that uh, that another seven-year-old might well be upset by this having been indoctrinated by their parents no doubt but um, but then the teacher should have actually done the their job and not made things worse and uh, um, essentially the child was sort of ostracized and made to sit alone and now there's this lawsuit um, saying that their first amendment rights have been violated and um, and the school just hang on you've behaved. missed out what they you've missed out the punishment the punishment yeah. Well, they had to. They sit alone. Sit alone. Yeah, basically uh, being uh, ostracised yeah. by the other you children. Said that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. He also got sent to the um, principal's office at one stage, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Which sort of emphasised to him the fact that he'd done something wrong, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So he was he was pretty confused, um, and he didn't understand that he'd actually done anything wrong, yeah. and so now this is all kind of blown up, and it could have probably been shut down by by the teacher actually explaining to the children then it's okay for people to have but different beliefs. But it was the teacher, the, thing, who, though, yeah, obviously. the teacher that it obviously the teacher made, who made it worse. The, child, yeah. the teacher obviously doesn't think that it's okay. And no. that's probably, that's really the issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, and perhaps sort of training in general that they don't understand that teachers are supposed to be neutral on issues like yeah. this and yeah. so forth. Apparently the teacher um, told the child that she was very concerned about what she had done and she was going to contact his mother. Concerned about what he had done. <laughs> yeah. You must not uh, express disbelief in the playground. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so hypothetically speaking, if this was a teacher that wasn't a complete twit, what what would you have done in that situation? As the teacher? As the teacher. What, what would be the way to deal with that? Sit down and have a discussion or... Talk yeah, to children I, about I how so. people can believe different things. Yeah, yeah. 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 exactly. 
Some people believe in the flying spaghetti monster. Some people believe yeah. in. No, does anybody really believe in the flying spaghetti monster? Why not? I wouldn't be surprised if ultimately it ended up being a real thing. Surely it's a parody. <laughs> well, yes, it's a parody it's, of religion, and nobody right actually now. really believes in it. If you were a child, your parents <laughs> were flying spaghetti monster pastafarians. Yeah. Then, if you didn't get the concept of parody, anyway. Well, yes, but surely if. I would have thought that um, parents who had that uh, parody kind of belief would have actually yeah, explained yeah, yeah, yeah. to their children yeah. what it was all about. Mm. <clears throat> anyway, um, going off topic a little bit. Oh, I um, I had a, uh, speaking of religion, I had a fun experience last week. I was um, looking for some things for Evie's birthday party, some stickers, and I came across a sticker chart uh, about the Ark. Oh, yeah. Um, and it had groups of animals in twos of as stickers, and it had a rather fabulous pair of lions, both yes. of which had manes. Huge manes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've seen that image go around the internet too. <laughs> it's one of those memes. Okay. It was yeah. lovely. It was very funny. Um, yeah. Okay. So Adam we... and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Yes. <laughs> or Adam and Adam. <laughs> Think of it as in terms of cloning. Right. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah. We so about that um, hopefully, hopefully yeah. the um, the school gets their pants sued off them. Yeah. Another thing that's happening in the in the US at the moment. Have you guys seen the um, the bumper stickers? Mm, There's a sheriff's no. department that's put bumper stickers on all the all the cop cars. In God we trust. Uh, in God we trust. Yes. Um, it's another lawsuit that's about to happen. I'm sure. Good. <clears throat> Which you can do in the states because they're not supposed to do that. Although there's some discussion about whether they might get away with it because it, it's quote unquote the national motto, as well as being a statement about a, about a religion. Right. Um, well, is it the national motto though? It's well, printed on the banknotes. It was adopted in 1956 right. as something. How whether long has it's, the US been around for? Yeah. Well, that's sort of the issue is, is people are arguing you know, it should be taken off the money because it's just a relatively recent thing. But um, it, it's, it's, it's... Then they have to destroy the money. A, it has a semi-level of... Semi-level. has a level, level of officiality about it. Right. Uh, because they, there has been a, a, a lawsuit to try and get it off the money. Okay. But they failed on that because I think their ultimate argument was that it was a meaningless statement or words to that effect. Right. They weren't actually saying that we trust in God, which is... Um, then why have it? <sighs> you know, know what they should do? The they should outs. take the bumper stickers off and actually tape um, dollar bills to the bumper. <laughs> Get away with that for about five seconds. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, moving on to something that's hopefully not American. Oh, we oh. love to criticise America. Oh, we do. What is that, Nathan? Um, I believe it's the Ebola virus. Okay. Which isn't technically American, unless you believe the um, conspiracy theorists. This is the thank you science. Thank you science. Right. Um, and that's all I know about it. I just saw it. Image of the week. Thank yeah. you science. Oh, okay. This is the picture of a little girl holding up a sign saying "Thank you science," hmm. um, because this is the week that. Uh, it was um, reported that a vaccine for Ebola has proved rather effective. Something like 90-something percent effective, they were <clears> saying, <throat> which is interesting because I'd heard about an Ebola vaccine 
possibly on the skeptics guide to the universe and they were saying it wasn't very effective no that might have been malaria never mind no yeah. i just uh so the, this is the one malaria. so this <coughs> is you. the yes. um there were there were basically two vaccine candidates um and this is the one that's uh the u.s backed in uh, collaboration with um, GlaxoSmithKline to go into trials. So last year they started doing uh, safety trials in the UK, the USA, the Gambia and Mali. And so that was just um, vaccinating a whole heap of people and then following them over six months to see whether they produced antibodies and whether they were um, safe. Uh, And then that obviously went really well. I didn't hear anything about that, but then they basically moved it into um, Guinea and they've been vaccinating in Guinea. So they've done the first, um, like the biggest, I guess, clinical trial that's ever been done in Guinea. Um, and so the idea was that people coming into uh, into a hospital or a little Ebola center who were found to have um, Ebola were uh, randomly divided into two groups. One of the groups, they then uh, vaccinated Uh, all of the contacts of that person it's called kind of ring vaccination and then the other group they delayed that for 21 days Um, and then they followed up uh, both groups of people um, Mm -hmm. to see then who got whether amongst the contacts who then got Ebola right I might not have been listening earlier did you say they were going in or coming out no this is people who came into a clinic oh into a clinic with with the symptoms of Ebola they were then randomly allocated into one yep, or two yep, groups, yep, yep, and then it's the okay. contacts of those people who were then vaccinated, or 21 days later were vaccinated, yeah. and then they've. So um, this is a new vaccine. Yeah. So this is a chimp so virus. It hasn't been proven to work yet. Well, no. Well, at the time, it, they so were, so in, this, this is it. The this is the trial of... to find out whether it works. Right. Oh, right. right. So what they've okay. shown in in healthy people is that they produce antibodies. So this means so it's a chimp virus that's got um, an outer coat it's got some of the um, coat proteins of ebola and so the idea is then that it's basically gonna if you make antibodies you'll make them to ebola right Right. so they've shown that that works in healthy people that they make these antibodies and so now the point is are these antibodies protective and so this is the only way to do it right other other than giving it to people and then giving them ebola right right? which is not the way vaccine trials are done the the difficulty so this is not in western countries anyway no comment. Um, the difficulty, of course, is that Ebola is on the is the the um, outbreak has peaked, and so ah, there are much less cases out. now. Than, sorry, <laughs> stop <laughs> saying what I'm thinking. <laughs> there are much fewer cases now, so there's many. Ah! <laughs> right. Do you want to hear this or not? Yes, we do. Anyway, sorry, we're parents who want to correct your grammar as well. Fuck off, the pair of you. Um, so this week. <laughs> Well, last week, there was the first article in, uh, I think it was in The Lancet, that uh, gave the first results of this trial in Guinea. Um, And so this was kind of all of the news stories were basically Ebola vaccine trial proves 100% successful. Um, And so I went and read the paper and it it looks great. The... um, What's unclear from the paper, though, is how long they've been following them for. Um, but I guess... Did you say given, 21 days or something? No, before, or 21 days one? was the delay for the second group. Ah, but given that. that the yeah. incubation period is 21 days, 
this should mean that this is kind of working. Okay, so then yeah, what, so what they say, did, so if, if you if look at the numbers... You had like a couple of weeks after that period where they were safe, that's yeah. almost enough, right? Yeah. Straight away. So you don't, it doesn't need to be super effective after that point. Well, you kind of want it to be effective forever. Forever, ideally, Right, because yes. then yeah. if they come across it Later again... Later someone else, yeah. So when you look at the numbers, so they basically said 100% effective, and they looked at two different time points. They looked at those people who had... Um, uh, 10 like whether okay so you have the person who's coming with Ebola you vaccinate all of the contacts and then um, they looked at the contacts uh, 10 days after they were vaccinated or say 10 days after kind of essentially contact and then later and so they said if you look less than 10 days it was basically 100% effective so within within 10 days um, none of those people had got Ebola, mm -hmm. whereas some okay. people in the other group had got Ebola. Right. But then if you look after 10 days and you um, look at both groups, then it became what they call 70% effective because there were some people who had actually got Ebola in the vaccinated group. Right. But in the actual paper, so that's sort of what the headlines reported on that, and that's what's in the um, abstract. But, in the, but the paper actually divides the people into the different groups. So amongst the people who were put into the group where they were immediately vaccinated, not everybody got vaccinated. For whatever reason, some of those contacts didn't actually oh, like get physically vaccinated. Oh, like they couldn't find everyone or something. Something like yeah, that, maybe. Okay. So well, they're they, vaccine deniers. <laughs> so they, so the, the numbers are basically 2,000 people were immediately vaccinated and 1,000 people weren't, were never vaccinated. Right. And amongst that the, one group? Yeah. Okay. So this is amongst the people who are supposed to be vaccinated. Yeah. So amongst those people who were vaccinated immediately, none of them got Ebola. Mm -hmm. Amongst the people who were never vaccinated, six out of 1,000 got Ebola. Okay. Right? Yes. Then of those people who were, um, who were delayed... 16 people out of 2,000 got Ebola. Right. Right? So Are those basically. big enough to be well, able so to. Well, so this get is the problem. This is the problem. If the. If the. Um, if they'd the been done earlier in the. Only six of them got sick. Well, yeah. six out of 1,000. Six out of 1,000 versus zero out of, two, out of 2,000. 2, right. So essentially, if you numbered. So it would be zero versus 12. Yeah. Um. So they run the stats and said that's basically significant. Okay. Uh, versus the other group where they didn't, they got delayed vaccination, and sixteen of those. So right. that's pretty much the same numbers, right? Sixteen yeah. out of two thousand. If they delayed it, because mm -hmm. obviously they've gone part, like those people were still in contact with the person with Ebola. Right. Right. Presumably. Yes. Jeez, that guy knows a lot of people. <laughs> there were 40 odd clusters or something so this is lots of different oh, right. cases this okay. is not one person this not is one person who no. was in contact with 2,000 people no. right well, anyway it's looking really promising person, about 2,000 um, people in a week not only if you work in a library <laughs> and most of them have Ebola <laughs> anyway this is what I, what I think is really interesting about this is how you know within two years less than two years we've gone from you know, a disease that not many people really knew about, that only a few, I mean, like less than 2,000 people had ever 
even had cases, mm, right? Right. But it comes and then but it's time, been around many years. It's yes. Like it's, well, it was discovered. It was dormant or, or so no, it's not dormant. Well, well, no, it, it has had. It, there are always like every few years. There's a little yeah, splurge yeah. of it, and it's they've always been very small, and they've because they've been in right. countries where they're either isolated communities or within communities that actually know what Ebola is and how to deal with it. Right. You know, the whole point about the outbreak in West Africa is that it had been in an area that had never seen it before. Where, they weren't um, prepared for it. They weren't prepared for it. They didn't have the health system. You know, it took six months for the WHO to realize there was anything going on. Hmm. Uh, and the funeral practices in those areas. Six months? Mm, more than wow, six months. that's nuts. Yeah. Um, and the funeral practices in those areas are ones that were absolutely rife for spreading it. And then they, and then it was in this. It became it. Um, it moved into areas of high population density, which it had never really done before. Right. Uh, so there's a whole heap of reasons why it became big. But I just did. Um, I I just gave an undergraduate lecture on this the other day, and the numbers are absolutely staggering. So when I spoke about this uh, about Ebola back in November, I think it was about four thousand cases that there had been um, to date. And uh, now it's up to, um, what is it? God, it's absolutely bloody huge. Uh, 27,777 cases, 11,293 deaths. Wow. Over how long, sorry? uh, Since, so the outbreak started in December 2013. Wow. But it's gone from From 4,000 in November to, to, yeah. So the, you know, but it's peaked now, and yeah. Um, but yeah, but in the space of two years, there's now a vaccine that's gone through essentially the first, you know safety trials at first, mm. and is now looking like it's pretty effective in that's the That's phenomenal field. for for any sort of medicine, isn't it? Yeah, I guess the point was that there were they needed the, to get it done. the vaccines, the the candidates had already. You know, they were oh, already yeah. they'd already been tested in animals and stuff like I was, that. I was going to ask but that. But there was so never any impetus to move them forward. Right. To so the this people. isn't something they necessarily started thinking about. No, no. At, no. at that point, they'd already had no. some work done in the past. Yeah. Well, there's it. obviously been quite a few groups working on it. Yeah. Possibly, you know, but but not particularly well funded. Right. Um, and yeah, and now there's a potentially a vaccine. Well, mm-hmm. there were they did report in the paper a few quite serious adverse events from the vaccine. Which I'm sure will get the anti-vaxxers all happy. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, the speed at which it's happened, and it just shows that if well, I guess they've poured a lot of money into it. But it would be so nice if it could be done for other infections. And nice. this, but this doesn't mean that they're going to go out and vaccinate everybody in Africa. Doesn't it? No, because they can't afford to pay for it, or I, I imagine because you don't this, think it's necessary. Well, a it's not necessary. I mean, so this this ring fencing kind of thing yeah. is is probably the strategy that if somebody comes in, then you'll vaccinate all of their contacts and vaccinate. So healthcare workers should be vaccinated because <coughs> they're the yes. ones who usually because they're, they're caring. They're going to see the, it first, and, and but also because they care, yeah, because they're caring for people, they have yeah. much be, be, um, much more, more contact and exposure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, pretty cool, fantastic. Now, the next item: sleep drops might actually work. Question mark, exclamation mark, um, and Tara Bang. Susie. Uh, well, so the sleep drops are those um, homeopathic things. That's what I thought things. you were talking about. Uh, Go on. <laughs> um, there's a paper just out in a journal called Sleep Medicine. That's Is it a real journal? Apparently so. Okay. That um, it's essentially saying placebo may well oh, be pretty good for okay. treating chronic insomnia. So the well, study that seems they did. Fair. 
Yeah, so the I study... Mean, how many people have insomnia simply because they're worrying about something or or stress or what have you? Well, the paper says 9, 000, 9 million Americans rely on prescription sleep, sleeping pills. Crikey. Yeah. Um, and so what they've done in their study was um, took 74 adults with chronic insomnia um, and then they split them into three groups. So one of them, they gave a nightly dose of drug and they actually gave two doses, a low dose or a high dose. Another one, they gave intermittent dosing where they basically gave them three to five times a week. So it wasn't every night. And then the other dose, the other group were basically um, given a, a nightly pill, which was essentially a placebo. Right. And the placebo group <coughs> did pretty well. Okay. So if they so were these given... Are, these so, are people that would normally be taking sleeping pills, pills every day. Yeah. Crikey. So those who were who were in the intermittent dosing group did really badly. So not um, having it every day was really bad. Yep. But those given a pill every day did well, even if that pill was a placebo. Right. So something about the um Yeah. So the, not super groundbreaking new news or anything. Placebos work or appear to work sometimes. Right. Well, Ooh. but I guess the point is the um People actually, reporting results from sleep drops. Might no, 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 be... but it has it has nothing to do with that. So basically, they might you might be able actually, able actually to get people off sleeping tablets. Right. Those who are taking sleeping tablets. Does it though rely on them thinking? Yes. That the pill is real yes. because there's your ethical issue. We always come back to. Yeah. Can a doctor prescribe a placebo without telling the patient what it is? Although, again, you know, there was that study that said that placebo was fine even when you told people it was placebo. But it's less effective, it though, yeah, generally. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Mm. And I complain about not being able to sleep every now and then. Here you go. We need well, to... it's, it's the energy drinks you're drinking. <laughs> yeah. Keeping you awake. Well, I don't drink them after, like, 4 o'clock, just to be on the safe side, because <laughs> if I do, that I've definitely noticed a correlation with uh, not being able to sleep. Right. right. But the other thing but they anyway. showed was the lower dose was also good. Oh, yeah. So it just shows that you could actually even from a little half drop, the drugs drop yeah. the dose down. Um, I wonder hmm. what sort of from an ethical point of view, if you were prescribing them the pill, but in such a ridiculously low dose that it was effectively a placebo. Say yes, I am definitely prescribing you this medicine. Hmm. It has like one nanogram of the medicine in it. I mean, you know, not that you're actually telling them that, but even if you did, most people wouldn't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, interesting. Maybe the doctors just come and talk to them about it later. Yeah, yeah. Right, just another placebo is awesome. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, that's all our news, I think, is it? Our next segment is What the Fuck? And I think that's from Craig. Coke infographics, question mark. Oh, so well, I just, tell us, for those who don't know what the Coke infographic is that you were referring to. So I think it origi originated in the Daily Mail in the UK and they um, published an infographic that was created by a pharmacist um, supposedly about what the effects are on your body when you drink a can of Coke. And I have to admit I still haven't actually seen the original. Oh, I've really? Seen is the, is the okay. parody ones. Ah well, well. Let, tell us, let, tell us what it if does. You just, or give us a. If you just um, 
Yeah, so there are a whole bunch of parodies out there about things like what happens to your body after eating bacon. And what happens to your body after visiting naturalnews.com. Right, right. Things like um, that. So essentially it's um, a whole bunch of bad science um, created by this retired pharmacist. So saying that, and then they did one for Diet Coke as well, and it was... Oh, the bacon one of, is in the Daily Mail as well. Which is interesting if you see the other <laughs> yeah, one started in the parodying bacon. themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so essentially, there's a whole bunch of bad science created in a nice, um, pretty infographic. So when you said that, created by a pharmacist, you're, it's probably not created by a pharmacist. It's created well, by the a renegade re- pharmacist. A renegade oh, pharmacist. Oh, yes. So somebody who has a mental wellness, health, therapeutic, nutrition, lifestyle blog, holistic cures, spirituality. Yeah. <sighs> So, um, sounds suspicious, doesn't it? Yeah, he's First perhaps pushing an agenda. Tricks your um, taste buds. Oh, that's the Diet Coke one. Yeah. Can cause addiction, can deplete nutrients. is too small, I can't read that. And I'm not going to. So, I can pretty safely yeah. take everyone's word for it. So, and what do we think? That it's bollocks. Why do papers publish these stupid things? Well, mostly it's because they don't have science journalists are actually versed in science isn't it it's the usual thing everyone always talks about Mm, i guess so that was interesting (laughs) yeah no not really (laughs) uh we can cut that if it turns out to be really boring but if you haven't seen it go and look it up and um look at the parody ones because that's really the well well, it's interesting thing also to look at the um the takedowns of the yeah oh, the, well. the rebuttals and whatnot yeah yeah okay so um no one has actually decided yet so i'm going to decide we're going to talk about implants because that seems more interesting to me um discussion segment of the of the episode which we're calling pub talk um which just occurred to me the other day is a result of us responding to feedback from our fans <laughs> right someone said they loved us just having these pub talk segments where we just discuss an issue um so what i thought i saw this in one of my facebook groups and i thought this would be perfect for us to talk about because it's an issue that we might be able to disagree on so the question is uh or the article rather was about how brain implants could make the death penalty obsolete the general idea here is that ultimately we might have the technology to be able to put a chip in someone's head um, that can modify their behavior Um, or they suggest genetic engineering or maybe super drugs right Um, which actually if you think about it is kind of what they did to alan turing Mm. they drugged him Mm, to get rid of his deviant behavior quote unquote but presumably this is would not just be restricted to the death penalty which um, is a well that's a sort of issue a, anyway it is a separate uh, issue yeah. so you've got the issue of the death penalty which we can, i think we can all agree is probably not effective and a waste of money and time and everything mm-hmm. but then you've got the actual question is 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 it a good assuming we can do it should we put a chip in someone's head if it stops them from reoffending? And then theoretically release them into the public and they can become be a productive member of society again an interesting analogy which because i'm just re-watching babylon 5 <laughs> is they have a, a process where they take a violent offender and they basically perform a brain wipe 
right. implant a new personality. Um, so how is that different from killing somebody? Yes. Well, that's a question too. Their, their physical body still exists, but it's a completely different person. The person is so dead. Well, yeah, maybe. Dead. Maybe that's an argument. Right. Um, but I guess, so for me, the one of the key questions then is about actually how responsible we are for our behavior, right? Yeah. And if so, the same could be said of things like uh, pedophilia and stuff. You know, if there's something inherently wrong with somebody's brain chemistry, that 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 is the way that they behave, then is is prison the right place for somebody like that who essentially has some kind of mental illness? Has sure. as it is if if that's well, the if that's the basis. Small for a lot point of bad again, things. going back to pedantry, is you said pedophilia, but you possibly meant child molester. The two necessarily don't conflate. Pedophilia is someone who wants to molest okay, children, okay. and a child molester is someone who actually okay. Okay. just carry on. Okay, all right. Well, so but well, but well, that's the same. So that's the same thing, though. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah sure. But if you have so, so you're so, still talk, from what you're talking about, the brain chemistry is yeah, the same so, thing. But, yes. it, but so precisely. So if that. So if somebody, you know, if you have those things that make you want to do though, if you have yeah. the. So hypothetically speaking, if someone presented themselves to a clinic and said, yeah, I feel these pedophilic tendencies, yeah. please give me the drug yeah. or the brain implant. Yeah. Now, that's a voluntary thing, which True. is possibly another question yes. as well. But let's say that person was arrested and sentenced by a judge. Should we do whatever the technology is that modifies his behavior <clears throat> in order to, or her behavior, in order to... Um, well, I, I guess what, it comes down to a question of free will. Yes, it does. And there are, there it's are a medical there are some, treatment. There are some, some um, opinions that free will is an illusion, that everything you do is essentially deterministic, that you don't really have any choice. And so why should we... Those people, people are mostly philosophers, though. And certain people, notwithstanding, um, <laughs> like our valued listeners, who sometimes give us comments that are helpful and useful, um, philosophy doesn't necessarily apply to the real world. It's all very well saying that, okay, we don't have free will. Okay. But you can still punish someone for committing a crime. All right, so, let's, they, so let's take this well, back, though. So what is the point of... what? It, what why do societies incarcerate and punish? Well, there are four reasons. Okay, go, Craig. There are sequestration... Yes. So it's putting somebody away, away so from the preventing them from doing it again. There is reformation, so that we put somebody to away to correct try and form, reform them so that they don't do it again. They realise the error of their ways. There is deterrence. To yeah. stop people. To, because they know they're going to be up. And then there is retribution. Right. Because revenge. Yes. Yes. So at least two of those reasons... You know, the because you're a menace and because we want you to reform. Yes. If you actually had a medical way of doing it, they wouldn't be needed. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and and so, and and to mention the deterrence, well, the studies prove that actually killing somebody doesn't have any deterrent yeah. effect. So basically, and what you're saying is we're left with revenge. revenge. Yeah. Wanting to, wanting to punish kind of someone barbaric. for something they've done. Hmm. Torture somebody because they did something bad to somebody else. Right. Yes. Two wrongs don't make a right in a Indeed. way. Indeed. Hmm. So, but anyway, to come back to your point about implanting this, or how is it different from, it seems more drastic 
uh, and less likely to work than putting chemicals in somebody's brain in order to change their behaviour. Why? What, locking someone well, up? Well, uh, okay, so... I mean, it depends on the technology, right? This is, this is, this is the hypothetical nature. Well, if, you, if, you, if technology was at a state where you could, you know, put something that uh, made sure signals were going to the right place or were, were blocking signals that were doing what you don't want them to do, then, I mean, you know... Well, yeah, okay, but you're you're positing a fantastic technology which seems uh, decades or even centuries away. Okay, well, we so that's, that's what, what we're, we're doing, talking isn't it? Are we talking well, about okay. the hypothetical? About, if this, if you could do okay. something, should you do it? You could it? put a chip in someone's head. Sure. See, another thing is you've got uh, just jumping around different topics. Um, you've got a thing there where crap. What was I going to say? something about oh yeah chemical imbalances and whatnot mm. so you're saying that someone's behavior in some of the situations we're talking about um could be classified as a an aberration or a defect mm. and then should we then medicate that person or implant a chip in that person to correct that defect and then should we do it against their will well those are the questions right is yeah. it better than incarceration yeah and, and is the, and is the freedom of the individual more yeah. important that's, than and the, that's, that's uh, the point I was going to make before societies. about the freedom of the individual so you could also you could posit two things one is that everyone has the right to be free yeah to not be imprisoned and then you've got also you've got the well, um, unless they do something bad well that's not not at that point yet you've also got the the idea that everyone has the right to free will or, or, or personal autonomy over there. But isn't this just their... like vaccination and I was going to suggest it as a vaccination idea as well, but just those mm -hmm. two ideas. Um, everyone has the right to be free and everyone has the right to decide what they do with their own bodies, mm. you know, in terms of medication and so forth. So well, then, which of those trumps the other? Well, hang, if you had the option saying that either lock someone up... Because, because some of those things are restricted by laws. That you're yeah, not allowed, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. according to the laws of the land, you're not allowed to kill yourself. Okay, well, you could argue though that people should be allowed to kill themselves, but anyway. Let, let, leave that one aside. That's, 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 another, a, that's another day. It's more um, the um, harm to others, killing yeah. yourself. And then, so that was the, the next question that you said, was um, bringing up vaccines and things like um, fluoridation. Mm. If there was a vaccine, suddenly someone invents a vaccine that prevents criminal behaviour. Yes, yeah, so, so that, that's it, right? Is it, is it give that vaccine to, to babies? Whoa. Mm. <laughs> even just, even what about being able to identify genetically well, okay, birth, with this, with this whether someone effects? had, whether someone had the brain chemistry mm. that makes them attracted to children or put the potential to be a, a psychopath, mm. right? Right. And then you have the ability to modify, so ignore babies, so you can identify the gene and you can correct that on implantation. And then we get into the issue of you know, whether genetic, genetically engineering people is okay and stuff but, as well. But so this is this is really interesting, right? Because most people feel very uncomfortable um, with the idea of correcting something that's kind of behavioural. Yeah. But you know, there are people who are trying to genetically correct cystic fibrosis or yeah. other. So yeah. if you knew your baby could uh, have, could be prone to being deaf, 
Yeah. Nat- you know, whatever the natural forms of deafness are. Yes. Would you correct that? Would you make it so it had blue eyes instead of brown eyes? If it had brown eyes, I'd wonder where they came from. Well, okay. <laughs> but hypothetically speaking, you could make a blonde yeah, child but, but, versus so a, a brown-haired child. Not as much as Stephen would wonder. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I personally, I, th- I love the idea, mm. the concept of genetically engineering people. Let's make a super race of, of, <laughs> of Khans, you know. Um, and I, I'm not saying, you know, let's... There's, there's dangers inherent in that process like people saying well I don't want a, a female baby and yeah. so they, they make all the babies somebody okay, men. But, but just in terms of, of correcting deficiencies of nothing else correcting yeah. a deficiency but I'm less comfortable with the idea of putting a chip in an adult brain that modifies that person's behaviour even assuming we're in a society where the people that are putting those chips are doing it for good reasons mm. you know if I, in my point of view so one of those things I'm, I, I would say maybe and the other one I'd say probably not <laughs> well I, I guess putting, putting, putting so, something, putting, yes I want to engineer the colour of their eyes no, and no, their I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about that but, level I'm just saying making correcting deficiencies okay. well, I guess, on a genetic I guess level but you're happy to do it genetically not via not via chemical means no I'm, it's more that I'm, I'm willing to do that to a, a blastocyst less right, like okay. less willing to do it to, to a, an, to a grown right. person okay. right. an adult well because be, probably because once you're a grown person you've had a particular personality <laughs> and then you are fundamentally changing that personality whereas the if you did it to the blastocyst, then the the, the personality hasn't formed at that time, yeah. and so you're not actually ch- fundamentally yeah. changing it. I, somebody. I'll who's tell you who I developed. would want to be part of this conversation is somebody who is taking medication for something like bipolar or something. Yeah. So there are you know there Anybody are because there table? are. <laughs> I know some people on Facebook, <clears throat> right? but because there are there are there are clearly drugs that people can you know take to help them function. Yeah. And there are, but there are also people who hate taking those drugs because they feel it doesn't make them function, right? Yeah. That it might, so for example, in bipolar, it might smooth out the highs and lows, but they don't, you know, that's not necessarily a good thing yeah. for some people. Sure. Yeah, sure. So, you know, because it, it, is this what it is, right? That, that, say, forget the chip bet, if it was a drug. Yeah. If it was, you know, there is a drug that can stop you having these impulses or that can stop your violent tendencies. Well, and, we already have those antipsychotic medication. Sure. Yeah, but they they're not given well. So but some not given of them first, are given well, it against uh, their will. If you're locked okay. up in a, in a. But I guess this is the point about a chip, right? It's but, not reliant. But the on, one thing that's different about a chip is there's the potential for external control once it's been implanted. So if you are injected with some vaccine, then it does its thing. A chip sort means uh, people would be fearful that. That there would be some satellite in the sky that could communicate with this chip, and even then assuming make, that's then not possible, change people's behaviours um, by some somebody who is deciding to holding onto a joystick to make the person go <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. left or right. Even, even, even assuming, like I said before, that the okay, so ignoring the fact that you chip can't be controlled by outside forces, right? Well, well, but, well, why why can't it? because it's my technology that I'm oh, making oh, up and I can just oh, make so it do whatever I want. Right, so you're putting, um, up, putting up the special barrier. Right. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I, just, I was just trying to make the point that leaving that aside, you've got the issue of 
if it's just a chip that quote unquote modifies behavior and we can use it to modify the behavior that we know at the moment is wrong it could theoretically also be used to modify other behaviors as well and so if the wrong people were using it to modify behaviors let's say the religious right got control of the country suddenly it's now anyone <gasps> who's an weird, atheist weird. yeah we're gonna have a chip in our heads is gonna have a chip that? in their head to make them fit more to make them more religious mm. if it gave me a happier life <laughs> <laughs> you'd be mad if you uh <clears throat> can you, we you can we have a chip that stops bankers and various people like that making you know with such risk taking behavior and well, there you, well then they'd never invent the chip <laughs> so there's, there's the ultimate there's they're the ultimate question here but they've provided capital to do it everyone has a chip that just makes them happy and not greedy yeah right everyone's living on very very okay well this is so, so this I is the back. brave new world and thing. nice right. and nice to everyone you know you've got a utopia but <clears throat> At what cost? At yeah. what? To what level have you restricted everyone's free will? And what happens chips in their head? if the silicon chip inside my head gets switched to overload? What, so you're super happy all the time? You're saying that's a bad thing? <laughs> Did you not get this song reference? No, oh, you've God. missed, sorry. The Boomtown Rats? No. Keep going. <laughs> What's the song? Um, I Don't Like Mondays. Ah, right. Now I'm with you. I, I knew I recognised it. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. Hopefully, one of our listeners will recognise it. Oh, they're all screaming at their phones right now and say, "Nathan, you idiot! What is wrong with you?" Sorry, everyone. I know the song. I just didn't right. pick it up straight away. Anyway, so I think we've, uh, we've think made an important decision here. <laughs> we've, we've settled the matter quite succinctly. Uh, yeah, well, just I'm just sure for those who are tuning in for the first time, this segment of the podcast isn't necessarily to decide important <laughs> issues. It's more about asking a whole bunch of questions and then hmm, to stopping. Which there I guess, no the, easy but the fundamental question is: Is there a more effective way uh, to deal with things than incarceration? So yeah, and, back to the original question and the death sentence. So is it clearly, there's a better to way. Up? Yeah, so the, I mean, the yeah. death sentence is, you know, I, I believe is abhorrent, especially if people are left for years and years yeah. wondering when they're going to die. I mean, that's oh, just and, and apparently, it's also really expensive because oh yeah, like, uh, peels and whatnot really have to go expensive. to higher. Okay. So, yeah. so so death penalty, that. So no, think about, no death penalty, so think just about, being locked up. Yeah, being locked up. And, and there's what another the thing as well: is what threshold do you chip somebody? Mm. Yeah, you know, violent murderers. Yep, assault, rape. Did I? Did you know, I? Um, someone before said something about bankers. Did I? People do, who defraud um, large, large quantities of people. Do they qualify for chipping? Did I tell you guys about the story um, about? Sorry, about the research about faces and the death sentence did i tell you guys about that no it doesn't ring a bell with me so, sounds vaguely familiar so this was basically a study that was done where they took people um uh, i think it was in california they took people who were imprisoned and um they got uh they had two populations one who had been sentenced to death and the other who whom had been given life sentences uh, and then they asked people to rate 
their trustworthiness by looking at their faces. Right. And they found that those people who were rated less trustworthy were, were more, more likely, likely to have been given death. the death penalty. Yeah. And then they took another group of death people who'd been given, no, sorry, people who had been uh, found, subsequently found innocent through, you know, DNA or whatever. And they did the same test again. So these are people now who have committed no crime. Right. Uh, and they, again, those who were looked less trustworthy uh, were more likely to have been given the death sentence. So the, um, the point oh, is that so they, sentencing... They were, yeah, yeah. So it's not, it's not, it's not about, about whether guilt. they are or not. Yeah, it's that's about the, the original what point people... People are given a sentence based, based on, on how trustworthy they look, rather than um, and this. So how and yeah. and some of these, you know, the point about trustworthiness is your, your facial features are things you can't change. So the yeah. things about how high unless, your common, how your cheekbones are, unless we allow genetic engineering. <clears throat> but it's things like so whether you've got a uh, trustworthy faces are ones that look slightly more cheerful. Yeah. Um, oh, so I'm bound then. So it's to do with like the um, distance between your chin and yeah. your lips and your cheekbones Square draw. and your yeah. with your Symmet eyes sort of look up or down. Um, I don't think symmetry was one of them. Oh, but okay. So yeah. Yeah. So that also kind of links into it, right? If if actually our justice systems are also Based kind of inherently biased because of yeah, you know. I mean, that's just, a good argument, if nothing else, for <clears throat> the what's the word defendant to be. Not anonymous necessarily, but not in the yeah, same room as everybody else, cues. you know. Yeah. yeah. So you can't see what it looks like. Yeah. Bag over, bag over your head or something. <laughs> you want a bag on your head? Right. It's a reference no one will Anyway. Get. All right. Good talk. Woo Zealand. New Zealand Herald reports on. I've closed that. A blindfolded page. girl who could read. Blindfolded well, girl blindfolded. reading. Yeah. So Sorry. I've just this has just been brought to my attention. But we decided that I was the person most qualified to talk about reading while blindfolded for some reason. Right. Because um, my extensive experience with blindfolds. <laughs> Wait, what? <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> right, so a girl who claims to be able to read while blindfolded is given a demonstration in Rotorua, which is a part of a... Including a video. There's a video too, There's which I haven't video, watched. I don't yeah. need to watch the video. Yeah. Um, so this is part of a an actual... Here we go. Life Bliss Foundation Group is doing talks and selling their little their bullshit to people, and this is their. But she gave a demonstration. Oh well, there she, you go. She, then. There's evidence that there's it worked. Evidence. So basically, what you're doing here is what was debunked. I'm going to go ahead and say the '80s by James Randi and others. Um. Where and it's something that's just done by magicians almost probably actually on a daily basis, where they put a blindfold on and then do ridiculous things like drive a car. Right. I don't know if, and I will find a video and, um, yeah, I've seen several videos. Yeah. I mean, it's, you see it on TV all the time and they do a really good job. They'll put coins and then they'll put gaff tape over the coins really? and then wow. oh yeah 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 you can do really good stuff if you know what you're doing right uh, now I I don't know how specifically in that case that would be done I can come up with some ideas and if, I wouldn't oh. tell you either way right. um, I know some of the tricks um, for example if you have a very simple blindfold um, it can make a difference where on the head you tie the blindfold right in terms of the angle that it sits at 
if you tie the blindfold higher up on the head you get a better coverage over the eyes and things like that mm. so um, when in the article it says that uh, a volunteer put the put the blindfold on and they couldn't see anything um, although they probably weren't trying very hard um, uh, at least two people including and those this is in some way relevant a Rotorua Daily Post photographer tested the blindfold and said they could not see through it in any direction um, generally speaking if you just put a really rough loose blindfold on you can often just look straight down yeah. there's a gap between the nose and the blindfold um, so, <laughs> so they claim to be using a third eye yeah, well, that's what the, yes. what they're claiming is more is irrelevant. If you want to know what they're claiming, you can read the article. But um, the way that James, no, was it James Randy? Yeah, whoever it was that did the testing in the uh, in the eighties, a Russian girl called Natasha. If you want to look it up, okay. Um, and effectively, what they did is they had her reading a newspaper, and the the skeptic and or the magician that was doing the testing basically crawled under the table and stuck his head under the newspaper and looked up and then they just pulled the newspaper away and he said I could see her eyes through the blindfold because he was where the newspaper was right right um, so basically yeah it's just you just get a, get a tea towel put it over your eyes and then open your eyes and look down you're probably fine you can see yeah. perfectly fine so, so they're promoting um, this Life Bliss Foundation and they're saying that anybody can learn to read while they're blindfolded. Yeah, it, it makes me wonder, like when they're training people to do this, and it doesn't obvious. Work. Well, or they're actually they're, teaching them the they're trick. Teaching them the trick somehow I mean, in a way that they don't think, notice. Well, actually, no, this isn't using any special yeah. third eye in my head. They're actually teaching me how to trick people for a presumably higher. It's another purpose. good question as well, which I don't think anyone's asked in this article, is if it is in fact using your third eye. Yeah. Why can't you read when you're outside the room or something? Yes. Do the oh, I haven't seen the video, but I'm pretty sure you'll find that she had whatever she was reading directly in front of her face. Yeah. And slightly below. Yeah. Right. If it was a third eye, it well, stick it on top of your shows. head and still be able to read it. Yeah, that's what the picture at the bottom of the article shows. You can see yeah. bottom. Yeah, she's got something. Look at the angle she's holding that at. Yeah. Some sort of notepad or something. Anyway. So the article starts off being almost ridiculously credulous, where they sort of basically parrot the party line, it looks like. But a little bit further down, there's a really good quote by Keith Garrett. Yes. From the New Zealand Skeptics, although they spelled skeptic wrong, but never mind. Um <laughs> But at the very least, New Zealand Skeptic Incorporated. Incorporated New Zealand Skeptics. There's only one. Um, <laughs> the official spelling is with a K, so they could have got that one right. Um, and Keith says, I don't know what people saw or whether it seems to be miraculous or not, but there have been many illusionists and magicians who appear to do things that are miraculous but don't claim that it's supernatural. Uh, we always say what is the most likely explanation. Is it something supernatural or an illusion? In the skeptics movement, we actually have quite a number of magicians because they are aware that people can be fooled. Yeah, um, yeah the lifeless New Zealand response was, <laughs> if you don't believe it, just try meditation. If it feels, feels good, good and you like it, try some, some more. <laughs> <laughs> and in the comments on the article... So most people are skeptical, oh, the but then there's, there's the people that are defending it, presumably from the foundation, and say things like, um, 
if you are such a skeptic, why don't you come and check it out for yourself? Seeing is believing. Passing out baseless comments doesn't help. If James Randi was there, his mind and logic would have been definitely blown away. Just because you don't understand the science, avoid brushing it away. Yes, it's it, it's a clear science and replicable. And as science says, if it's replicable, you can't just brush it away. Um, um, it goes on to say, the third eye is very much connected to the pineal gland. Here's a quote from an article by Dr. David Klein, The Science Daily. What's fascinating is that the interior of the pineal gland actually has retinal tissue composed of rods and cones yeah. uh, inside its interior lining, just like the eye. It's even wired into the visual cortex of the brain. Well, that just proves it, doesn't it? Yeah. So this is the gland that produces melatonin <sighs> in our brain. Really? Yeah. Well, that's clearly going to um, help you see things that are... And it's, example, I'm skeptical of the claim that it actually has... Um, rods and cones and is wired into the visual cortex but I could Colin be there, wrong. A comment there from Colin in Mount Monganui says um, I think the one million dollar prize is still open by James Randi obviously I don't see why she can't collect it yeah um, I think I do yeah because she wouldn't actually succeed she wouldn't pass she would be shown to be a fraud she could certainly try though yeah okay anyway. so that was and that happened in New Zealand obviously which is why we're Yes, um, yes, but the putting um, it under New Zealand, the Herald, the lady, the um, young lady, breathlessly in question was reported from. it as being true. Wow. They breathlessly report all sorts of stuff. They gave yeah. a reasonable chunk to the skeptics, which is fair. Although, as usual, they pretty much ended it with, um, with the, <gasps> the yeah, usual final comment from the, from the quack or whatever. Yeah, quack isn't a bit of a right. muscle, but you know what I mean. Oh, God, are we going to talk about the blasphemy law? Because that's going to be another... Jesus. Do we have to? <laughs> Fuck you guys. And something Well, it might be of interest sucks. to some people who don't know. Okay, so really quickly, the new blasphemy law. <clears throat> so part of the Harmful Digital Communications Act of 2015, there is now a blasphemy clause where... Um, somebody can essentially sue if they think a digital, digital communication has denigrated their religion, causing them to suffer serious emotional distress. And I think it's just worth noting that pretty much simultaneously, Iceland got rid of their blasphemy law. Right, yes. <laughs> uh, almost like to the day or something, they yeah. voted on a law that would basically repeal their blasphemy law. And it so was one of the things that people were commenting on when I posted this on my Facebook page was that... Um, it's not maybe not quite as bad as Mark from the New Zealand Humanist uh, New Zealand Humanist Society. You sure it's not yes, the um, Rationalist and Humanist? No, no, no. He okay. is president of the Humanist Society. Okay. Um, it's not quite as bad as he's making out. Um, people have actually read it. So the question I'm asking now is: Does it actually say? Denigrated religion is that wording in the in the act in the in the law yeah act. Well, I guess you need to read the act, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, perhaps someone could read the act because I can't be bothered with Probably acts. Probably not. Actually, should read the act. Well, yeah. I mean, you'd think so. Um, he seems to think that they are available online. Yeah, I know, but just oh, God, they're boring. <laughs> Because they're right. written by morons, morons who don't have the guts to sue anyone okay. under this new act. It's not suing, is that what's the word I'm looking for? 
prosecute me. Principle 10. A digital communication should not denigrate an individual by reason of his or her colour, race, ethnic or national origins, religion, gender, sexual orientation or disability. So it's not quite the same thing, is it? It doesn't say denigrate the religion itself. It says denigrate an an individual. So I can say... Jesus was an individual, wasn't he? Well, no. It's imaginary. (laughs) It's like saying Harry Potter was an individual. So I can say, for example, your religion is bullshit, but I can't say you're a fucktard for believing it. Right. Right? If I said that, then if if it caused severe... uh, What's the word? Serious emotional distress, then they would have some leeway under this law, which is still wrong. I don't think I should... think I should be actually, yeah. perfectly allowed to say uh. you're an idiot for believing that. Yeah, so I, d- I don't. Yeah, I don't think the law itself could be interpreted as being a blasphemy law. No, mm-hmm. but it could be misused and misinterpreted. So what we're waiting for now is we're waiting for the precedents to be set. Yeah, but it's not. It's not actually prosecuted. Under it's it. not a law that would say that. Um, if I went out on the streets and said God is evil, then I could be prosecuted. No, not the way it's worded. That. No. But I guess, yeah, okay, so... Um... so there's a couple of issues that actually came up in the Facebook discussion as well. Is, um, one is intent. The law is, the act seems to be very much about intent. Yeah. Um, or maybe someone said it was anyway. They saw the word there in intent. And that's difficult. Mm-hmm. from a legal point of view I'm not a lawyer but um, in my opinion and the other thing was gone completely out of my mind ah oh, it wasn't what I was going to say but it's the intent as I understand it of the law is as an anti-bullying law and that I'm okay with I think that's a great idea because um, particularly if it, as if it include it expands what we already have to include digital communications um, don't know what we already have not a lawyer but online bullying is a real thing and it can have serious consequences yeah. and <coughs> we should have a way of protecting people and prosecuting people but in my opinion not having actually read it yet I think the law as it stands right now is a little bit too broad probably yeah, well, and needs to be to see how it's interpreted. I guess. Yeah, but that's an mm. issue. That's a problem as well because once it has been, that's a legal precedent, yes. which then um, speaks to the next time the mm, law sure. is used. And if they get it wrong, I wonder if this principle ten protects people who don't have religion. Yeah. So if someone <laughs> said that you're a dick because you're an atheist, yeah, and I got sad about it, yeah. Would you be protected by this law? Mm. Well, technically, it's not a religion, so no. Yeah. Anyway, that was interesting. We could probably talk more about that, but let's go. Okay, so it's not an anti-blasphemy law. It doesn't a, seem to be technically. It's an anti-discrimination on the basis of religion. Anti-denigration law. law. Mm. But the fact that put put religion in there does seem odd to me, because in what way are people denigrated? Well, because of their religion in a way that causes emotional distress. Can anyone think of an example? I'm sure there yeah, are many examples. If you, if you, 
uh, strongly believe in your religion is really important to you and somebody comes along and and says that you're an idiot for believing that then you probably are denigrated but should that actually be um yeah an offense oh there was probably that not. but but it's in the together in the list of all those other things like sexual orientation and yeah. race and color and disability and so on so which is interestingly that's actually already things that you can't discriminate against so what they've done is they've taken the discrimination legislation yeah and they've put the word denigrate in instead as well well, this, so this came about as a reaction to the roast busters case right yes they wanted a law that they could use to prosecute people who did that sort of thing but although technically I, what they did was illegal anyway yeah it was just that they were boasting about it online yeah right? well they wanted to have a law that that they could punish people for boasting yeah, but, well, that sort of stuff because I mean, if those people if those girls <laughs> were of legal age yeah right yeah and then and it wouldn't. wasn't it wasn't actually illegal what they did. Well, but they made videos of some them, of it was them some online. Of them was rape, wasn't it? Then they were actually raping some of them. Okay, but even but if it was consensual, yes, right. And, and then they you, made videos and posted them online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the, that's that sort of those thing. People, the the well, issue is there where, a law that covered that, hmm. and maybe that's the reaction to that situation that didn't have a law that specifically covered it. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Oh, were you about to say that one? No, no. Okay. Um, what's this? All Black gone to Fiji for miracle cure. Yeah. You're our sports um, guru, Nathan. This yeah. must be your story. Yeah. All Blacks they play the one with the little um, the little green ball that you kick around. Hmm. This yeah. is in the Weekend Herald. All Black seeks mir- miracle cure. You say in? I think you mean on. On. In. What? What? Well, I'm saying it, it's, it's, on, no, the well, it's on the front page, is what I'm saying. Well, it's in the Herald. It's in the Herald. It's in yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just pointing out that it's a big, huge one. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so uh, it says exclusive flying winger puts his faith in traditional Fijian medicine to fix his broken leg in a desperate bid to make the team for the Rugby World Cup. Wait, what? Fix his broken leg? He's gone home to Fiji for herbal treatment to fix his broken leg in a last ditch attempt to be ready for the World Cup. Jesus He believes Christ. the procedure using leaves from a common South Pacific plant, will take eight days to restore the fibula snapped during his sensational first test against Argentina in July. Compared to six weeks or something that it would take... Six to ten weeks. Right. So it's already been healing for four, three or four weeks. So how many? Eight to ten days, did you say? Um, The claim is that this plant can... Uh, fix things, yeah, in eight days. Mm. So, so that's, that's only another week. It's almost like six five weeks. weeks. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Still, that seems a fairly easy claim to test. And if it did work, he's had the legs. standard it's pretty... treatment. It's what he's had the standard oh, okay. treatment and told there's an outside chance he'd be able to make it back in time for the cup, which is six weeks away. Right. Uh, Although that seems pushing it, if you want to. Well, well, properly, what I right? don't understand is he's a young man, twenty-four. Right. Why would you, you know? I mean, he's kind of had a serious injury. Just heal, you know. The All Blacks will still be there. Yeah. Why at such a Why young age so do something that could potentially destroy your career by going out too quickly when you're not? ready to go out I mean right, but they do that anyway the, don't they well they're idiots it's the thing they get head injuries and then they're up the next week playing well I playing I would again. think that there's a perception though that if you're out of the team for too long then you'll be right. sidelined and you won't get back in right probably well you know if you've broken your leg 
If I were if I were an all black, that's what I would think. Okay. Well, it, so we. Yeah. The other thing is, he said that basically they won't say what the plant is oh, because well, it's very high in demand, so everybody keeps quiet right. about it. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. Yeah. This seems medically implausible. Yes. Yes. And, and there's somebody in Auckland who studies bone. Oh, she's trying to come up with treatments for, yeah. for wound healing and sure. bone. So is is um, only need. She'd only need one cutting <laughs> of this plant, wouldn't she? Well. Mm. So is this something he would ingest, or is it applied? No, topically? apparently they um, topically. So apparently they set the mm. wound and then they wrap it in leaves. Right. I mean, you know, there's there's. So it's worth saying like that there's a and... lot. You know, that, I mean, there could be things in it that are absorbed by the skin. I mean, he's yeah. then got to get to, to the, the bone. bone. Yeah. It's not implausible, but no. it's not likely, and certainly to and do certainly the job in eight days. Eight days is pretty miraculous. Rugby players aren't known for their leanness, so it's not like the bone is <laughs> anywhere near the skin. Right. Yeah. And if it is, if there's a chance that it could do what he says it can do, why would you not want to share that with everyone? Well, why would Give you not to... want to bloody well test it? That's what I'm saying. There you go. Give it to well, some medical experts. going to Fiji to test it out. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Um, Delilah. Delia. Oh, Delia? Is it? Delia's dubious Delia. device. You found one then. We're I found all a bit one. worried there for a I second. You one. couldn't find something. It's one for the boys. Yay. Um, it is... I'm not even going to introduce the, it. There you go. Um, what is it? It is the uh, Sonic Prostate Health Massager. Well, there isn't even any quotes around it. Don't worry, I'll find some. <laughs> That's um, not a massager. <laughs> which, uh, here you go, here are the claims. Um, stimulates blood flow, promotes healing, reduces symptoms of all sorts of things. Um, what does it and do? And it ships to Auckland, New Zealand. Hang on, what's BPH? Um, no idea. <laughs> it reduces <laughs> symptoms of BPH. BPH. Uh, okay. I can see if I can find what BPH is. Yeah, okay, well. Um... Anyway, this is basically something you use to massage. Benign prostatic hyperplasia. There you go. Okay. Um, And it comes with a manual. Yeah, well, I'm guessing, well, anyway. By um, an MD. There you go. It's about 70 bucks and makes lots of claims. You pop it up your butt and then you switch it on. Now, I have to say that massage could be potentially useful. For something? No, I don't know. I don't it's know how prostate like vibrator work, to me. say. <laughs> An anal vibrator is essentially what it is. It has uh, so mechanical pressure and sonic micro vibrations um, to improve blood flow, stimulate blood vessels, and improve lymph flow. I mean, the point is that they um, there's just far too many claims and not enough actual. You know, it does say sonic impulses rather than just vibrations per se medical studies have shown that sonic frequency impulses have the best effect on improving blood flow and stimulation of blood vessels muscles nodes and cells in a manner that promotes regeneration and healing yeah but it's the usual classic thing right how do you show it works oh 94 percent of those surveyed said they felt better Mm. right well, no, that would be terrible evidence. But carry that's on. how they do it. I, I yeah. like that the free bonus book is the prostate massage manual. What every man needs to know for better prostate health and sexual pleasure. Ah, right. <laughs> and then there's, you can also apparently use it externally. And there's right. a picture of somebody laying Wait, on their what? back, um, popping this down the front of their trousers. What? I'm not sure is quite. Uh, what do you get to your at? prostate that way? 
I'm looking at another um, oh, another okay. website. And have you noticed the, <laughs> the the doctor's name is Dr. Ronald M. Bazaar? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's a bit of a stretch there, Craig. Right. Um, anyway, so the, this isn't the only device. Um, I found um, one that dates back to 1918 um, called the Prostate Warmer, which looks like the bastard offspring of a cattle prod and a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> so See, now I'm interested. <laughs> so this is a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shall I send you? Sorry, I, I just read the first comment. I bought it for my friend as a gift. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yeah. I know what we're getting you for Christmas. <laughs> um, anyway, so this device going back to 1918 is uh, is a 4.25 inch probe um, mm. that you plug into the wall. Wait, what? <laughs> Oh, God, this cannot end well. And then it goes in the butt. Um, and it's got a blue light bulb that tells you it's working, and then it'll restore your manly vitality. A blue light bulb or a blue LED? No, this is 1918. Oh, it's definitely okay. a light bulb. Right. Um, it's from the um, Museum of Erectile Dysfunction. I'm not sure where that museum is, but I think we should visit. Uh, oh, but it looks pretty scary. Here, have a look at that. Um, no, that's fine. That's anyway. I don't want to see it. Uh, uh, apparently, it's to stimulate the abdominal brain going via your butt and warms your prostate by plugging you into the wall. So at least nowadays, they're um, they're essentially handheld, uh, rechargeable devices. They don't plug you into the mains anymore. Yes, there's a lot of five star reviews on. Um on this product which I'm not even going to read because <laughs> it's too depressing well done there okay so moving on to the last couple of things I guess that's me is it word of the word day, of the day. Um, copy and paste and today's word of the day is unipotent unipotent I've pasted it in there if you want to look. So omnipotent is basically all uh, all knowing. So this is no, 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 all powerful. All powerful. So this is powerful in only one respect. Yes, that's what I would have thought too. <laughs> you only a have one power. superpower. <laughs> a single power. Or um, or it's to do with medicines and stuff, and so it's basically so potency. Potency, yeah, okay. Uh, and it's only one of them. Yeah, <laughs> it has one potency. It only works at one concentration. <laughs> okay, so final answers. Um, a combination of those. Only it's a superpower that you only can... works at one concentration. <laughs> superpower that only works at one concentration is Susie's <laughs> answer. Craig, I just think it means a single power. Yeah, single power. And the correct answer is powerful in one direction only. So we're pretty much spot both, on, I reckon. Both spot well, on. Well, yeah. yes. We didn't have direction, but we had one. I don't know. I think we need to give us both a point for that. I reckon so. I might have to. <clears throat> um, I just choose harder words. Can oh, we just go? <laughs> can we just go back to Dex. the bone stuff again? The what now? The bone stuff. Talking about bones again. Yeah, because um, I found a website about bone healing. Oh yes. And there's basically three stages to bone healing. So the first is. Uh, inflammation so this is all of the sort of the um, 
bleeding into the area and the inflammation and blood clotting and stuff that happens oh, yeah. around the wound. Uh, then there's the production of new bone and then there's the remodeling of that new bone, right? Right. So lots of plants, there are lots of plants that have an impact on inflammation that basically dampen down inflammation. So maybe that's the thing that works within eight days the is the inflammation. It really looks visibly better. Right. I mean, how can they tell whether the bone is fixed or not, but they know that the By inflammation is... So right. Yeah, but they... that's obviously not what they do in some Fijian village. Yeah. And then they get up and walk on it, and <laughs> well, they're convinced they, that it's fine. He's the um, he said some relative had broken their arm, and it was fixed within eight days. It doesn't necessarily mean that they were using it within eight mm. days, but maybe all the and swelling it and stuff. Depends upon how CME and the break was. Yes, as well. precisely. It was just a fracture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so there might just be something that yes, it could look much better within a few days if you'd actually. When I was young. The, <laughs> much on. much younger yes i had an accident and um, fractured both my arms ow that's quite something but i was uh, and at that time um i had a christian pray for me for miraculous healing which didn't okay. happen uh and but i was driving a van around about a week later okay which was um uphill both ways during the, in the snow <laughs> anyway, yes, good for you. You how old? Uh, about twenty something. Twenty three, maybe. Okay. Oh, all right. So moving on to quotes, Craig. Oh yes. Well, there's not really a quote, but I just thought it was an amusing, um, amusing meme from the internet. A UFO. Quick, grab the worst camera we own. <laughs> nice very good <clears throat> also works for Bigfoot <laughs> yes yes although technically if uh, you try to take a photo of Bigfoot it doesn't matter how good your camera is because his superpower of which he has only one um, <laughs> is that he makes all the pictures come out blurry right yeah. or she I don't know maybe there's more than one of them <laughs> And that's it. You've been listening to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. If you'd like to send us a message, ask us a question, check out our Facebook page, or contact us on our website, thecusp.org.nz. Good morning and welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. I'm Nathan and joining me today is Craig. Good morning. And Susie. Hello. <coughs> That's about as far <laughs> as I've got. Hang on. Jeez. Seventh every time. Another swig of, swig of energy drink. And then the next It's only 10 o'clock in the You're morning. drinking your mother. I need right. to sleep. Shut up. I've been awake <clears throat> since three. What? So I woke up. Are you not sceptical of the properties of that drink? No. It's got sugar and it's got caffeine in it. Right. That's all I need. Okay. I'm pretty sure those have been Has it got scientifically... any other weird shit in it? Um, but... Usually they have like guarana. Right. Which is probably bullshit, but whatever. Not literally. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Literally. If bullshit kept me awake, I would <laughs> seriously consider it. Anyway, let's get back to the podcast.